as the industry continues to grow and expand and mature in Australia, you'll see more and more hits coming out because I don't know, it, maybe it's something about growing up in Australia that you see the world a little bit different and you, you, you maybe don't take it so seriously as maybe some other countries do and that's what allows this, this awesome creativity to uh, be developed and, and nourished. Hi everyone, it's Yuval Passov, your host of Game On Asia, a podcast about the mobile gaming ecosystem in Asia. Today I'm talking with Christian Rastin, trade and investment advisor at Austrade, and Ben Marsh, co-founder of Odd Games, both based in Australia. Why should you listen to episode number seven? Because this is one of my best episodes and in addition you will learn about the gaming market in Australia, what is unique about the market in terms of creative talent, genres and gaming hubs, why should you use Australia as a test market and why now is the time to expand your business to Australia, both in terms of partnerships or launching your game. In case you, you missed our previous episodes, you can check episode number one on Vietnam, number two on Japan, number three and six on India, number four on Southeast Asia, and number five on China. On China. Enjoy the episode. Great to have you uh, with us here today, Ben, Christian, and, and I will let you introduce yourself soon. As you all know, uh, Game on Asia, it's all about the, the mobile gaming companies in Asia, and Australia is part of Asia. Um, and, um, yeah, so I think that it's, I'm very excited about this, this opportunity to host you guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much, Ivo. Yeah. So I think that, you know, we can start with, with something like very easy, um, and, and if you can introduce yourself in really, uh, the short version of the introduction in, in like 60 seconds, uh, let's start with, with Ben and move on to Christian. Cool. Thank you. I'm Ben Marsh. I'm from Odd Games. We're based in Adelaide in South Australia. We develop number one ranking racing video games and our focus is on mud and dirt. So, you know, things like monster trucks, um, off-road vehicles, that's what we love. Getting uh, kind of rough and dirty and muddy, that's our thing. Great. Thank you very much, Yuval. So my name is Christian. So I'm from Austrade and that's Australia's Trade and Investment Commission. And so my work is, uh, I work with um, the Australian government as part of an investment promotion agency to um, actually promote Australia as a place for digital game studios to consider expanding into and then assisting them on the ground with actually establishing their op- establishing their operations in Australia, including Navigate. So Australia has uh, seven states and two territories. So um, navigating the state and territory governments as well. And so we provide assistance both at the federal level and assist at the state level as well with um, your operation. So great to meet you all. Thank you guys for the great introduction. Moving on to you, Ben. Anything that you learned in the last 18 months while you work from home that you want to share with our audience? Um, I think maybe not necessarily for myself, but it was refreshing for people who hadn't worked from home before to understand what working from home was like. Uh, because, you know, prior to COVID, I was working from home, you know, all the time and people would sort of, you know, uh, struggle to comprehend going, oh, so you're just at home, like you're not really doing anything. You're like, no, no, I'm at home, I'm working, like I'm really working quite hard. But once everyone, you know, sort of forced to work from home, everyone started to have that understanding going, oh, okay, yeah, you are at home, you can work from home, you know, managing all these things, um, you know, was quite good, I think, get that perspective. And I think, yeah, just 
learning how to um, you know, just manage your own time, um, you know, requirements, having a bit more of an understanding about, you know, managing work-life balances, um, you know, with different flavor. I've got two young girls. So it was, uh, you know, an interesting adaptive period, I think, to just really try and fine-tune work-life balance. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's finally people understand you, like, right? It's like, oh, so you can actually work from home and not just like, yeah, do, do other stuff. Um, great. And I, and I think that the, the other thing that I wanted to um, learn from you um, is, you know, if I will be able to like get your phone and, and look at the different apps, which, which surprising app would I be, uh, would I be finding on, on your phone? Um, ben, you want to start? Yeah, sure. Look, I would think um, a surprising one would, would be that I have an app called Seesaw. And this app, uh, I'm not sure how widespread it is in, in terms of use, but what it is, it's, it's an app that connects parents to their uh, children at school. So okay. my, my eldest has only started school uh, middle through last year, and it's, uh, it's a new app that's come on my device, but it allows teachers to communicate with parents um, as much or as, as little as they like throughout the day you know, during uh, the, the, the school year. And so we get you know, lovely messages, there might be a video message, there might be images of uh, certain tasks that are, you know, our daughter's doing during the day, um, mm-hmm. which gives us an insight into the classroom, which for me personally is fantastic because I'd love to understand what my kids are doing. Um, and I think it's just a, an awesome app that's being developed. But I think that would be a surprising one on my phone. Nice, nice. Okay. Um, Christian? Sorry about that. Uh, for me, it's actually um, the, the lack of apps. So um, particularly over COVID, I actually started culling my cell phone use because we, we started using our cell phones for work a lot more and that, that work use went up quite a lot. So we started using, you know, various apps, you know, for work productivity. So I've started culling my apps completely in my personal phone. Um, and now I'm thinking of downgrading to a, to a, to a dumb phone. So um, I think that's the surprising thing for me is, you know, I've just been making calls and texts with my smartphone. So why not downgrade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 a good one. Let Let's start. You know, moving to uh, the the uh, the gaming ecosystem in Australia, and maybe Christian, you you can start with just a little bit about like the numbers, about the market, and just keep in mind that you know, for many people, it will be the first time that they you know explore or hear about the market in terms of mobile gaming, and and that's similar to any other market. So. Um, you know, take it, take it from here, please. Great. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah. So, of course, you know, I'll be speaking like someone from the government. Uh, so, Australia has a, you know, a really, you know, great gaming ecosystem. Uh, numbers wise, the numbers fluctuate between sort of um, Australian 3 billion to 4.5 billion for the total games Um Revenue, and I believe about forty percent. Uh, my, my numbers might be wrong at the moment. Is on digital sales, so you know a fair bit of that is is for mobile gaming. Um, so uh, for the actual games industry itself, um, the numbers are, are you know are growing, and it grows year and year every year. And I think it's the numbers are around one hundred thirty to one hundred fifty million is generated through Australian game studios annually every year, and that number is growing. Um, and I believe there's around um, employed 
in the games industry at the moment, 1,275 employees, but the Industry Association, the Interactive Games and Entertainment Association, expects expects that to grow, and they were expecting to grow last year. But of course, um, with the impacts of COVID, you know, a lot of the the employment sort of slowed down because it was harder to employ people as people were responding to working from home. Um, but now that we've got a digital gains tax offset, we're keen to increase that as the Australian government, and we're keen to get that to you know 10,000 hopefully direct employees within uh, 10 years, and we're hoping to grow both the, the sort of the, the the sector that develops games for consoles and um, PC, as well as the mobile gaming sector. So we just we don't want it to go to one side; we want it to grow both sides of the digital game sector. So uh, Ben, I think that you know, as a game developer, it would be great to to understand from you, you know, why why other game developers. Um, you know, should be interested in in the Australian, um, you know, gaming, uh, mobile gaming market. And I think that there is two um, two levels that we can look at. One is, you know, as targeting Australia players, which is, I think that it's it's not that the big opportunity. And the other one is actually setting up, you know, the um, kind of the office or or a branch, and and you know, going from from Australia outside to to the world. Yeah, look, we see Australia, you know, in terms of population, we're, we're about, you know, 30 million or not quite there. So if you compare us versus, you know, the US market, for example, which is about 360 million, you can see that, you know, we represented a, a quite a small portion of that. However, when you look at it from a, you know, revenue spend per player perspective, um, you know, Australia probably ranks as, you know, number four or five in, in terms of spending. So, you know, although the, Market size might be smaller, that there's still opportunity there um, to get some good monetization on board um, if you're going to target English-speaking countries. Um, Australia should be part of that equation, um, you know, as long as with Canada, uh, the UK, uh, you know, to complement the US market. In terms of investing into Australia, um, I think there's definitely a few levers as to why um, Australia is attractive for that one. As Christian has just mentioned, the recently announced initiative for the 30% tax rebate, uh, which is great. Um, so that's coming through. Uh, you also have a rich talent pool here of you know artists and programmers. So if you have a look at a lot of the top studios uh, in Australia, their markets are generally overseas and the content that they're developing here are really genre-leading um, so, you know, it might well be that uh, kids' games that are targeting, uh, you know, young female girls, for example, you'll have, you know, a studio here um, in Australia that will be dominating the charts for that. Um, you could find, I think, probably across most of the different genres, there'll be an Australian company that's probably in the top 10, top 20 ranking uh, for downloads and or grossing that is really taking the product that's being developed here locally, you know, to the world and doing a really, really good job of that. And we're not seeing any signs of that slowing down. That just continues to come through every time. So I think from a talent perspective, we have a, a huge talent pool that's sitting here waiting. Um, secondly, I think studios that have been started by, you know, two or three founders have really found their niche markets, um, both locally as well as overseas, that they've been able to exploit very smartly um, and do an amazing job in terms of, you know, download and growth. And I think I'm not seeing that slowing down. When we started Odd Games 10 years ago, I could count the number of studios on one hand, like in Adelaide, for example. Now I run out of fingers and toes because there's so much new development, new uh, companies coming through that are developing awesome content and so there's this big pipeline of more and more 
content coming through, more great games being developed, more going on to more platforms. So just a massive growth coming out of Australian developers. And, you know, it's just going to keep going. I think it's just going to accelerate further now, you know, with the federal government's, um, you know, support behind that. And, and I think that, you know, uh, you, you said about like the, the talent and maybe creative talent in Australia. What, what else do you think that is, is unique in, in Australia compared to, to, other, to other markets in terms of, of game development? And maybe if you can give like specific examples, this, this would be great. Yeah, yeah sure. Look, very, very innovative. Um, and so I think, you know, being in Australia, you know, we're this large island. We are disconnected, you know, somewhat from, from the world physically. Um, but, you know, digitally, we, we can take everyone on head to head. So we need to be smart about how we, you know, spend every dollar because historically support hasn't been there a lot, you know, financially. So developers or emerging developers coming through have had to be very, very smart about how they spend money or invest money in terms of it might be marketing, it might be user acquisition, whatever it else. Um, but, you know, there's quite a, a few titles. If you look at, you know, I've got to be a little bit Adelaide-centric, but I'll try and make it um, Australian-centric here. But, uh, you know, if you have a look at Hollow Knight, that was made by Tim Cherry here, done very, very well on console. Um, if you have a look at, you know, Mighty Kingdom and Playside Studios, two companies that have recently listed on the stock exchange within the past 12 months, you can go through and have a look at, you know, all their data and statistics online. Um, you know, games companies that are really just, you know, kicking off because they've found niches out there and, and they're really exploring those further. Um, you've got uh, Foxy Games here in Adelaide, which have got a great, you know, horse game for, for young, you know, girls that's really dominating and continues to grow. They've built a really big online community for that. Um, you know, downloads are in the tens of millions for that game. Um, that's not showing any signs of slowing down. They, they recently um, were, were the fastest growing company, fast mover in South Australia by BDO uh, last month. So doing, you know, great things. And there's many more companies around, you know, doing that. You've got uh, Minicades that are in Melbourne doing a similar thing, you know, with a burnout game. You've got um, uh, Roadburn Games doing uh, burnout masters with, with their game as well, you know, doing exceptional um things in, in Australian market, now looking to expand into the US market. So plenty of these niches are popping up everywhere. And I think what we're seeing is a bit of a maturation within the industry where you have games companies ringing up other games companies now saying, hey, I know that you guys went from here to here. Have you got any advice for us? Whereas we haven't had that historically either. So there's this you know, real growth and maturation coming into our industry where we're, we're trying to grow individually, but we're also growing you know, as, as a country where we're happy to share experience and knowledge, you know, to help that next wave of talent break through and hopefully reduce that that learning curve um, that we went through that took forever, trying to consolidate that down so people could get to success faster or help them make the right connections quicker. Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, we, we discussed it earlier in terms of uh, making kind of like a gaming hubs. And I think that that's related, Ben, to, to what you were saying. So, Christian, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you can make this learning curve, you know, kind of shorter and, and, and what do you see that happening, you know, in, in Australia in terms of kind of making it more organized as a, as a gaming, um, gaming ecosystem growing in, in, in the region? 
Sure. And, you know, uh, what's been really great to see over the past 10 years is the formation of, um, you know, co-working spaces across Australia focused on game creation to actually bring the industry together. And so the arcade is, you know, globally renowned and being a, you know, a game-centric co-working space. And that's actually run by the Industry Association over in Victoria. And in it, they've, they've got not only those that are developing mobile games, they've also got in their um, publishers for fellow traveler. And they've even got, you know, actually game technology companies like Mod.io that are, you know, focused on user-generated content. And in it, they're able to bring, you know, organized um, guest presentations to come along and actually present to the industry in this one space that everyone can actually connect regularly and actually get to network as well and, you know, discuss issues as they come up, like Ben mentioned before. And in the other cities, we've had um, the um, AIE, which is a major private college that, um, teachers game development, they actually run three co-working spaces across Australia. Um, so they're in Canberra, Sydney, and um, Adelaide. And in each one, they actually have an anchor tenant business in there, which is like a major studios. And so in Sydney, they have um, SMG Studio that's just responsible for moving out. And in um, Adelaide, they have uh, Mighty Kingdom there that are just listed in the ASX. And so they're actually located in the um, co-working spaces, you know, so people can actually learn from one of the leading success stories. And then over in um, Queensland, the, the state government actually runs a co-working space there. And so they're really focused on actually getting people together. And so they can actually, you know, learn from others and learn those um, commercial skill sets. And just to backtrack on a previous question, um, um, your previous question about what makes Australia unique is that because uh, our population is quite small, what's distinct about Australia, and this is across both film, TV and games, is we are able to create stories that are like, you know, Australian stories that are distinctly Australian, but they resonate with global audiences. And so that means there's an ability for Australians to create, you know, when they're creating their unique games, there's something, there's a unique Australian element that is intangible that resonate with other audiences. So in the mobile space, Florence, which was, you know, from a studio in Melbourne and very Melbourne centric, you know, resonated with audiences globally. And I think over half their sales were, were from China and they've done really well. And then on the animation side, you've seen, you know, success stories with Bluey, which is, you know, a very Australian kids TV show with Australian voices, but that's killing it globally and people really respond to it. So there is something intangible about our ability to tell stories that actually resonate with global audiences, which is, you know, something really great about us. Yeah, no, no worries. So, so, so I, I was, I was, I was just taking it as, as an example of like Fruit Ninja, which is quite a popular game globally, um, coming out of Australia. And I don't know if, if you can tell us about like the studio or about, you know, what's unique about, you know, what they did, um, in, in terms of scaling a game. Yeah, oh, their success is just phenomenal, and they've they've actually just released Fruit Ninja too. But to have that come out, you know, in two thousand and ten, you know, when smartphones started to really take off, and then just that global success of, you know, everyone, you know, download. I think they had over a billion downloads, even even higher of actually, um, you know, of people like downloading Fruit Ninja, and that was globally. So I was in um, South Korea when it was released, and that took South Korea by storm. You know, I, I would go to a local arcade and there'd be Fruit Ninja machines in every single one in Korea and everyone was playing it. I, what is really unique that I found with um, with Half Brick Studio, so that, that was the shoot behind Fruit Ninja, is that um, because they've had um, not only success for Fruit Ninja, but other games like Jetpack Joyride, there's actually a, a big pool of talent in uh, Queensland where the mobile developers now, they, they are, they've branched off, they've left Half Brick and they are starting their own studios and coming up with some really unique and innovative ideas, particularly in mobile games. And so I think it's a, um, it's a city to really 
really watch to see what's going to come out in the future because you have um, studios there, like particularly you've got um, Affable Games and they're from Half Brick Studios and they came up with a game called a Speaking Simulator where, you know, you can actually simulate someone speaking as a robot. Anyway, very, very funny guys, but also, you know, really humorous. So I think because of Half Brick's successes, there's going to be a whole pile of unique games coming out of Brisbane shortly or in development now. Okay, so we should definitely... Uh, look at Brisbane. No, not saying that Adelaide will not be okay, Ben. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know, um, when, when, when we can travel, we'll, we'll visit all of them, right? Uh, so we have already places on the map. Um, and, and Ben, any comment on, on that? Um, yeah, look, I, I think, you know, the point that Christian makes there is very important because success brings more success. And so what, what happens in these, these studios that, start off with a great idea, you know, that have a global success title is that, you know, they attract great talent, that great talent comes in, they help refine that product, make it better, and then some of that talent will go in and start their own. And so what you see is that that process start over again and it, and it starts building out, building out, building out. And I think that's what we're starting to see in Brisbane. You know, they're probably one of the first movers to have a real knockout game uh, that just went crazy, you know, globally. And so what you're seeing now is, is the – waves that get caused or get built from that to, to build out more great titles. You know, you'll see that happen in Melbourne. We'll see that happen in Adelaide and Sydney, um, in Perth. You'll see that happen everywhere. So as the industry continues to grow and expand and mature in Australia, you'll see more and more hits coming out because, I don't know, it, maybe it's something about growing up in Australia that you see the world a little bit different and you, you, you maybe don't take it so seriously as maybe some other countries do. And that's what allows this, this awesome creativity to uh, be developed and, and nourished where people can then translate that into, you know, great storytelling where you'll just have a, a different idea that comes out, you know, like a crossy road or, or something like that, that people just haven't thought about or haven't fathomed and it just comes out and there's this stickiness about it and the world just cannot get enough of it. You know, Bluey was, it was a great example that Christian gave as well. That was another thing that just came out, you know, something about the, the Australians, I don't know, uh, DNA that comes out in, into creative content. I think that's what really resonates with people. We saw that back in the day with Crocodile Dundee, that, that you know, Australian character, that's what comes out in a lot of our storytelling. And I think that's the, the KFC special sauce, if you like, the, the herbs and spices that the world loves us for. And video games is just a fantastic medium to expand that and to share that with everyone. Amazing. Yeah, I think that if you can elaborate on, on not taking the world too seriously, that, that would be great. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, a lot of the world uh, gets caught up in either, you know, what, what's the current political thing going on or what's the current movement for this or for that. Australia is pretty um, chilled and relaxed. You know, we're, we're, we're an easygoing type of community um, and, you know, as a society, you know, we, we, we can take things on board but we won't let that, uh, influence us significantly. So here we are. We stay true to our core. You know our DNA. Our this you know this rough, you know sort of uh, exterior that you know she'll be right. Keep going. That that type of mantra, uh, which then comes back into a lot of resilience because we don't have a lot of resources here. So we're, we're very innovative um, in that respect. And so we'll think about things differently. You know. So if we're coming up with a with a game, you know, we'll have a look around in the marketplace, but we'll do something a little bit different. Something that's maybe a bit unexpected something that's maybe uh, a bit left field, um, but it'll help expand the, the, the boundaries or, or push whether it's technology or an idea or a narrative into a new direction 
um, that generally people will appreciate without upsetting the world. Mm, okay, and and if if you think about like different genres that will will you know probably work better or in in Australia. Again, um, my question is, if, if you look at like the different genres that are being developed in Australia, which genres are kind of like your, your, the strengths that you see coming out? Oh, look, I probably need to go through and have a look at a, at a few titles, to be honest. But, you know, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm being uh, a bit greedy here, I could look at, you know, the racing genre. And, I, and I'm seeing, you know, what's being developed there from having a, a few chats over the past couple of months with different, video games industries um, in different states, but I can see what they're working on and the content that they're making is Australian-centric. So, for example, this is a really good one. So, you know, there's two video games companies that are developing a burnout game. And so that is a very uh, Australian thing to do. So if you don't know what a burnout is, basically it's a vehicle that will then um, spin the back tyres to create a lot of smoke and noise. That That's called a burnout. And so that's a very Australian uh, thing to do for some okay. reason, and we can probably speak all day about why that is. However, the, the act of that um, is really interesting, particularly if you have not seen that, which a lot of countries around the world have not been exposed to that. So it's this new paradigm that's being introduced where people go, that's different. What is that? That looks like fun. I want to be part of that. You know, what is it? And it's a bit of a, a cultural sharing that happens from that. So People in the US, for example, you know, they love motorsports, uh, very loyal following. Burnouts probably haven't been as uh, widely appreciated as, as what it is in Australia, if you could coin it that way. Um, and so they see it and they're like, wow, look at this expression of people with their vehicles. This is really different. We haven't seen this done before. And so that happens. A good example of what I'm talking about there is that in Japan with their drifting, right, that is very synonymous with, with Japanese people. What Japan did was was take drifting to the world. And when people saw that, it was this new art form that people saw on roads. Correct. Initial D, exactly stand. That put drifting on the map. That, that took this amazing culture and took it to the world that used to be Japanese-centric, but now everyone around the world gets to appreciate that. Burnout is a similar thing that, that's happening. And I think the Australian way of storytelling um, our culture and getting that movement out there is what makes Australia special in terms of games development. Very interesting. So in a way you say, this is a very unique thing, you know, Australia is an island, we have our own things. And, and you know, it's super interesting for other people around the world because it's something that they are not exposed to. It's something new, it's something creative um, and unique. And this is why it's also being successful because it's not kind of like copycat of all the other games that are very similar, right, in, in some cases. Great stuff. Uh, moving from the creative side to the investment side, uh, if I'm an independent uh, gaming studio, how much of that will I need to raise in Australia and how much of that I will need to go uh, to global funds? Yeah, good, good question. I think it will depend on how much money probably needs to be raised from a, from a, a studio so, and, and, and what sort of you know, credibility they've got behind them. Um, I guess it depends on your, your personal network as well because, you know, these days the, the barriers to entry for starting a game studio are actually relatively low, right? You can put a lot of sweat equity in. Software's cheap, hardware's cheap. Everyone's got a PC, away you go. So it just depends upon, you know, what your ambitions are to get started um, and how, how big and hard and fast you want to go from the get-go. There is money around. Um, 
states and territories from a government perspective, there's bits and pieces around. Um, you know, at a federal level, there's, there's now the rebate once you get past that 500K spend per year. Um, there is other funds um, and options around for investment at below the 500 or above the 500. Um, the last 12 to 18 months has been record activity within mergers and acquisitions in regards to the video game space um, globally. I don't see any sign of that slowing down probably for the next 12 months at least. Um, we have so many conversations with overseas companies all the time about either assistance in UA, um, investment into the company, uh, buying the company, um, all sorts. So there is a whole hive of activity that is going on all the time. So I think there's a lot of opportunity going on still. So if you're a game developer who uh, is wants to get started, there's money around to help you get going. If you are a development studio that is going, that wants to expand and you need some finance to help accelerate that, there is money around available to help do that. Um, and if, if you're at a stage where you know, you're potentially looking to merge or, or be acquired, there are opportunities around for that as well. So I think the, the full spectrum is now uh, covered somewhat, um, depending on where you are in, in your journey of a game development studio, uh, which is great to see because, you know, 10 years ago, we had holes everywhere in that. But now, um, you know, 2021, even during COVID, probably even more so now during COVID, um, the focus on video games and investment is, you know, it's never been stronger. It's, it's huge. Thank you for that. Would you recommend uh, for game developer to use Australia as a, as a test uh, market for kind of like the first market uh, to launch their game? Yeah, sure. No, look, Australia is a, is a good uh, test demographic that is representative of other English-speaking countries. So that the larger, obviously, marketplaces, Australia is a good representation for that. So, you know, you can test here and be fairly confident that the assumptions you have built into your product are going to resonate, you know, with with other English speaking countries. So th there's not huge um, parities of difference between those different marketplaces. Um, there might just be some subtleties um, in regards to maybe what the context of your product or your game is that you might need to refine and massage within different countries. Um, obviously, the spelling needs to be a little bit different, but uh, you know, there's some other nuances that go into it. However. You know, the monetization models should be, you know, fairly similar. Yes, there's a little bit of difference with, with currencies and so on, but you can, you know, fine-tune that as you go along. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, developing that, that content and conveying that, um, looking at engagement times, um, looking at number of sessions, looking at downloads, those types of things, those core KPIs, you should have confidence in the numbers of what you see in Australia should be applicable to UK, Canada, and the US. Very good. And and I think that last question for you, Ben. If you if you know if I had the time uh, machine, and I can take you back to the first day that you started your your company, um, what would you uh, have done differently? Um, you know, knowing what you know today, um, going back to to the first day of 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 uh, you know when you started developing your game. It's a it's a great question. And this sounds really simplistic in my response, but it would just be to learn how to breathe. Video games is, is, a, is, a, is a, it's a long burn. It's not a sprint. It's a, it's a long-term game. And, you know, I think starting off, my background was in manufacturing and fabrication where it's very intense, process orientated, bang, 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 need to get X amount of widgets out. Video game development is is the opposite end of the spectrum. It's uh you know it's it's hundred percent R and D, and I didn't appreciate that from the get go. So I think 
if I was to you know tell a younger Ben Marsh, it'd be just mate, relax, breathe. It'll be okay. It'll get there when it gets there. It's going to be a long burn, but uh, you'll get there. Just enjoy the process. Amazing, amazing. Uh, I love it. I think that breathing, it's everyone can, can improve themselves, you know, in, in that. Um, and, and just kind of to, to summarize that maybe Christian, um, if you had, you know, just like to summarize in, in a few bullets in terms of what people should know about the gaming market, what's going to happen, what did we discuss today? What, what do you want people to, to remember from, from this, uh, from this uh, conversation? I think the main thing is, is you know, with, with Australia, the, the future is looking very bright and, you know, I reckon people like Ben Marsh, you know, with Odd Games, they, they're going to really take on the global games industry. So, you know, you know, while it might be small now, I think you're really going to see that the Australian games industry just grow from here. It is set to blow. So, I think, um, you know, particularly now, you know, now, with, you know, with the government, you're really getting behind the sector. I think you're just going to see it go from strength to strength. And I think, you know, of course, it's going to go really well on PC and console, but I think in particularly in mobile games, um, it's going to really blow. And you're just going to see more games like coming out, like the Monster Truck games that all games produce or, um, you know, Savvy Soda's uh, Pixel Starships. You're just going to see more content coming out of Australia. So the future is bright. And I think uh, it'll be remiss of me not to mention, but um, there is a... Uh, um, two big sort of events coming up with Australia. The first one is uh, Melbourne International Games Week. So if you are in Australia, um, it is both a physical and virtual event. So it'll be from the, the 2nd to the 10th of October. So that includes PAX Oz near the end of it and GCAP during the week, which is the B2B event. And that includes an invest, investment um, event. So, you know, get in touch with us or the Industry Association. You're keen to actually connect with the Australian industry. And the second event, just to, to mention here now, is um, also, you know, um, in the middle of next year, so when travel is starting to, re- you know, turn to the world and you'll be able to look internationally, there is actually a really great event over in south, the, the southwest corner of Australia in Margaret River. So, Margaret River is, you know, Australia's leading destination for wine and also leading destination for surfing. And um, so, there is actually a tech agnostic creative event called um, Emergence Creative down in the southwest. And so, really, like, it, it is, while it's Agnostic, you know, we want the whole entire games industry to join, particularly, you know, our counterparts in Asia to actually attend. You'll be able to meet some amazing creatives. You'll be able to have some of the best wine you ever have in the world. And you'll be able to go for a surf or go for a swim before networking with your colleagues. So coming down, you know, we, we, we want to entertain. Yeah, come down under, sign me in whenever it would be possible. Uh, I'll be the first one to, to you know, welcome everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. So Ben, any, any kind of like last words um, in, in terms of, you know, game developer thinking about, uh, you know, opening an office in, in Australia? Yeah, look, I, I think from my perspective, having been here for 10 years and, and having done it, I generally do not see a better time to start um, a development company here in Australia, whether that's a joint relationship with someone who's already existing here whether you're an existing, you know, Australian resident that wants to start a video games company or whether you're looking at, you know, investing into Australian talent, um, the incentives, the opportunities that are here right now, um, yeah, you just will not get another opportunity, I don't think, right now to get in at the ground level where things are going to go, you know, similar to what Christian and Stan were saying, this is just really going to accelerate quite hard and fast over the next two, three years. Um, and we have so much talent here. Um, so if you are in the video games business and you don't have a presence in Australia, you really need to think about it. Great. 
Thank you very much. I, I think that uh, it, was, it was a big pleasure to host you all. Um, I appreciate your time. I learned a lot and um, really looking forward to kind of like, uh, um, you know, follow closely on, on what, you know, Australia will, will bring on. Awesome. Thank you, Will. Thank you so much for this. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. Next month, we will be back with another interesting guest. And in the meantime, please make sure to hit the subscribe button uh, on your podcast software so we can make sure to update you with any new content that we will be releasing. So for now on, have a great day and see you soon. <laughs>